Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Well, hello there. Are you looking for a massive drunken horror podcast? Well, the Drunken Zombie Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things horror. So head over to DrunkenZombie.com and have a listen. While you're there, friend us on our Facebook group, Massive. The Bone Bat Podcast, where you can listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone Bat. This is James from Saturday Morning Breakfast Cereal, and you're listening to The Bone Bat Show. Or, you know, enjoy it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 87 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How's it going, man? Oh, God. I just have so much. I have so much hate. I do not have enough time in my day to get through all the hating I have to do. <laughs> really? I, yeah. I had to forego a shower today just so I could get in, you know, some extra hating. Okay. Explain. I, just, just everything. Everything is pissing me off today. I swear. I I don't know, like 20 minutes before we started trying to record this show, all of a sudden, that's when I started having allergies and, like, gallons of snot started pouring out of my head. <laughs> it's just, it's the weirdest allergy season for, I realize I live in the allergy capital of the world, but I have allergy medicine that I, I can take to prevent this. But this year, this season, something mutant is blooming, pollinating, I don't know what it is, but... There's a technical term. What's it called when you're um, 
when an allergen it, like pollen or something interacts with your medication to suppress the effect of the oh, anal rape. That's what's going on. <laughs> the allergens are anally raping my allergy medicine. It's like that scene in Pulp Fiction going on in my sinuses right now. Okay. Yeah, who's wearing the ball gag in this scenario? I think it may be my uvula. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it's horrendous. I, I mean, the upside is I'm losing weight. <laughs> okay. So if during the show I have to stop and then it sounds like someone pouring a bucket of snot down the stairs. <laughs> that's, that's, that's quite a visual. That's me. Yeah, I've had a, I get like a little bit of hay fever usually for a couple weeks in May every year. And this year I got it and then it like within three days it morphed into a cold. And oh, so I've terrible. been fighting that and I've just like turned the corner on it to where I'm starting to feel better each day, which is good, so. Oh, that's good. Hopefully, it'll make for a kick-ass show. I hope so. Mine's been weird. It just—it's—I keep getting sucker punched by it. It comes and goes. It's like everything's fine, and then, wham! I get punched in the sinuses with like a big bag of wet snot all of a sudden. <laughs> Jesus, are we gonna do a show? Yeah, let's do a show. Let's do a show. So this show is going to be a bit of a recap of the Bone Bat Film Festival. Why don't we put this on hold? We mentioned that in passing last week. We knew you folks were tired of talking about it so i thought we'd give you a little break and then come back with just kind of the sights the sounds the smells of the second bone bat film festival and we're going to begin promoting the third festival from now until you know every single <laughs> bone bat show end of fucking time music wise we're going to play you i was actually had a chance to tape a little bit of the live music from the event itself so we're going to hear a little live death star and burning of eye we actually opened this episode with Burning of Eyes' epic machete suppository, one of Gordon's favorite tunes. Indeed. And one of Gordon's favorite suppositories, for that matter. Yeah, really, you know. <laughs> is there a five-second rule on suppositories? I've still never discovered. <laughs> We're going to have to get to the bottom of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Look at you. You see how I do. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, the, the film festival, uh, it was a great time. I, I wish everybody could have joined us because the... Uh, the films, I, I think, really worked. The music was awesome. Had great sponsors. Food was good. The prizes were cool. Just a lot of great stuff. So we'll be able to talk all about that. But first off, we had a voicemail about the film festival from Matt, the artist formerly known as Seattle Geekly. And uh, here it is. Hey, Stephen Gord. It's Matt. We got back from the Bone Bat Film Festival last night. I just wanted to let you know we had such an awesome time. The selection of films was incredible. You know, I laughed, I cried. I think the short film Bedfellows made me pee myself a little bit. Death Star fucking warped reality with their hip-hop wizardry, and then Burning of Eye came in and just blew the roof off the dump. That was awesome. Uh, you know, we had just an amazing, amazing time, and uh, you guys better be doing it again next year because... We are fucking there. It was just an awesome, awesome time. So thanks for putting that on. We had just an incredible time, enjoyed every single second of it. So thanks so much, and by all means, do it again, because we had fun. <laughs> oh, Matt is so sweet. That's funny, because um, I was sitting right behind Matt when uh, we were watching Bedfellows, and I peed on him, too. <laughs> I thought I heard it was like, it sounded like a waterfall. I was down in front. I thought somebody had put a water feature in the theater or something like that. So I was the water feature. 
Well, I mean, Matt and I are both the water feature. Well, thank you so much for the kind words. Following that, uh, we probably just ought to get what pisses us off out of the way, don't you think? Yeah, why not? So now this is a film festival themed show. I, I think I, I do have something about the film festival. It's mechanics that pissed me off. Go ahead. I'd like you to tell. talk about a company called Angry Squid Inc. Angry Squid Inc. is the company that made our t-shirts. And yeah. this year, uh, we started very early, and I believe late January, kind of figuring out what our t-shirt order was going to be and pulling that together so that we could, you know, make sure we ha- could get the shirts in plenty of time to have them for the festival. And we wanted them to be good. We worked with our fantastic artist, Steve Wands, to do a variation of the art that was just cool. It worked Woo-hoo. great for a shirt. And we sent off the order. Now, this was on February 3rd. I sent him the You're order. You're getting into specific dates and everything. Yeah, because that's the, the fucking problem, seriously. So, <laughs> February 3rd, I send off the order. He's got until April 21st, so a good two and a half months to get this order to us. So, time goes by, time goes by. We start pushing up to the bone battle on March 17th. And I wanted to have the shirts in time for that. I thought it'd be cool. We could wear the shirts, the thing, kind of help promote it. So, I called the guy the early that week and said, hey... Can you get me these shirts? I, I was wondering where our shirts are. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get them to you. I'll get them to you. Now, the, the one thing, one of the reasons why we went with this company, Angry Squid Inc., was that it was supposed to be based in Renton, Washington, which is right by where I used to work. It's down by SeaTac Airport. It's easy to get to. I figured that that would be a convenient place to go and pick up the shirts. Well, it turns out that for some reason, he's never at the Washington branch. He's always working out of Southern California. So they ended up FedExing the shirts, and I received the shirts, the first batch of shirts, the Monday after Bone Battle. So totally defeated the purpose of wanting to have the shirts. Now, we still should be safe, though. We've got a whole other month to get ready for the film festival. We have the shirts, and we had a couple of hoodies that he had, had a couple of hoodies that he, that he had fucked up because he like double printed over green over white, and they looked like shit. And so he threw those, and he said, oh, I'll give you those for free, and I'm sorry this is so late. I'm going to send you some extra T-shirts, and uh, we're going to redo the hoodies, and we'll get those to you in plenty of time for your film festival. Great. So week of the film festival comes around four weeks later. Call him on Monday. Nope, no shirts. Oh, yeah, I'm going to get them out later this week. Tuesday. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to get them out later this week. At the latest, I'll send them out on Wednesday. Finally, on Thursday, I get a call from a girl who works with him who says that, oh, they're getting ready to send them out, but... FedEx is really expensive for overnight. So is it okay if they send it to show up on Saturday morning? I'm like, fuck no. That's the morning of the film festival. The last thing I want to worry about is where the hoodies are. Just get them into me on time. They send me a tracking number, and then he calls up later that night and says, you know what, I decided that was too expensive. I didn't send them. Anyway, I'm flying up, so I'll bring them to you Friday night. So Gord's here. This is the Friday night before the film festival. Guy shows up at midnight. He just flew into town, and he drove the shirts out to us. So we get this box of hoodies, open the box up, and it looks like the screen print has been done wet, and they've just been thrown in the box. couple of them aren't sellable. The rest of them are, I guess, okay, not perfect. But we had to be, you know, after two and a half months of waiting, we had to be waiting at the last minute for this guy. So yeah, literally the last minute. I work with a lot of bands. A lot of bands, independent musicians who need T-shirts, and I will say to you, if you ask me, 
Do not use fucking Angry Squid Inc. Fuck those guys. They're a bullshit company. They don't follow through. They don't do shit they say they're going to do. And it pisses me off. Wow. How do you really feel? I said it. Yeah. Wow. On that note, <laughs> we still have a few t-shirts left for $15 plus 5 bucks shipping and handling. Yeah, you can PayPal us. There's a actually a link on the Bonebat page, and you can order an awesome T-shirt for yourself. They look great. As these are not the messed up ones. No, these are really nice ones. They turned out great, and there are plenty of people. We've got a few pictures of actual civilians wearing our shirt on the homepage, so you should Human check beings. that out as well. Now, what right, pisses you off? Into, man? All right, you know what pisses me off? What, Gord? I I. Piss me off. I had, I had. A <laughs> what a coincidence. You piss me off too. <laughs> All right. Good. Consistent, huh? Hobgoblin of a mediocre mind. So <laughs> I was called upon to do a, a brief presentation for third graders on cartooning, which Aww, that is the sweetest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. Clearly, not everyone involved had seen Did you draw about like a third grader? <laughs> <laughs> it seemed very appropriate. A third grader with broken fingers, yes. <laughs> so I went in and I started setting up. I had a plan. I was going to draw a few things and draw with the kids, get them started and have them take off their ideas. And the first thing the teacher does is she tries to hand me this microphone that she wears around her neck. And I hate those things, first of all. Okay. Microphones in the classroom in general, and and if you notice so many teachers now, they don't project, they don't talk to the classroom like they did when we were youngsters. They depend on a microphone. It's a lost art. And a lot of kids, they get out in front of a group, and they don't project either. They're all, you know, talking into their chest, and and they they need a microphone. So... I'm sort of morally opposed to the microphone thing as a rhetor. I feel you should be able to project your voice throughout a classroom of students. So I'm like, no, 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 that's cool. I don't need the microphone. She goes, no, no, you, no, really, you need the microphone. Really, I don't need the microphone. We're going back and forth. And she finally goes, well, some of our students um, like to have the microphone. It enables them to hear you more clearly and that's when I noticed the kid in the front row with the hearing aid that's kind of wired into the whole thing that talks about. Oh, so you're an asshole. Yes. So okay. I'm an asshole. I hate when I do things like that. It's, <laughs> it's the, you know what? The microphone itself is the trigger. I'm morally opposed to them. In general, I, I think it's just one of the things that, unless you're teaching a great big classroom where you have a really unruly classroom, you don't, you don't need it. It's just, it's wormed its way into all the presentations the kids are doing. And I don't know if if you've seen this or not, but have you seen a school play with like first or second graders where they have to use the microphone instead of teaching these little bastards to project their voice? Mm -hmm. It's like the only thing that could possibly make the play any worse, because these kids cannot act their way out of a paper bag, (laughs) is between every single line, have them dorking around trying to hand the microphone back and forth. They, they take a 12-minute play on, you know, the importance of air and turn it into an hour-and-a-half-long Wagnerian opera with this microphone passing back and forth. Right. It's, but- it's freaking torture. It's, it, it's illegal under the Geneva Convention, I'm fairly sure. But in this case, there was no way for her to explain it to you without embarrassing the poor child who was hearing impaired. 
Oh, right. That, I totally put him on the spot. I made him feel bad, and I'm a terrible human being for it. And I hate myself even more than I usually do. <laughs> I just added that to the big the big pile of hate on my, my plate today. Did I mention I hate everything? Jeez. Well, yeah. let's listen to a tune. You know who else hates you? Who? Your mom. Oh, she totally hates me. So, it's my girlfriend's birthday today. Woo! She just turned 21. I know. I totally look like I should be dating a 21-year-old, don't I? Like, this is totally the face of youth right here. Oh, hell yeah. So, we're going to take it from cannibalistic to romantic. Yeah. But not maybe the way you think. I'm going to dedicate this song to my girlfriend. And more specifically to my girlfriend's mom who's sitting right beside her in the front row here. <laughs> this is a song called Your Mom. Grown up in 
Yo, I'm kinda old, but she is a doctor. I'm Captain Picard, and she's my number one. Like a used Toyota, open for a test drive. Only word that is, you can put that Xbox Live. But that's the way the wind blows, and so did your mom. Lost in her for a decade now, just like Vietnam. Six schools that your family can be who they are. And mom's just like your sister, always fucking dead song. We're doing your mom, we're doing your mom. of the people in here. We're dedicated to our craft. We've had sex with a few of the fathers, too, but we're not going to pretend. We didn't write a song about that because we thought it might be creepy. We're, we're going to be shooting a video. All right, this is Steve once again from the Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival 2012, and I'm joined by cosplay himself, Steve Perry, not the midget from Journey, from Death Star, who's basking in the post-coital glow of his Death Star hip-hop set. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, although apparently I'm doing really good. If I, <laughs> if during my set we had some sort of intercourse <laughs> with this post-coital glow, you say I. Wait, well, you did sing your mom in front of your girlfriend's mom, so that was something. That was a special moment, I think, for not only everyone at the film festival, but especially drew me more of a connection to my girlfriend's mom. <laughs> what woman's mom wouldn't want their daughter's boyfriend? to pelvic thrust in their general direction <laughs> while singing various euphemisms and jokes about how they would do them. And by the way, happy birthday, Kelsey. <laughs> Indeed, happy birthday, girlfriend. I just embarrassed you and your mother in the front row of a film festival. So what did you, what did you think of the set? Well, the set was good. We... Uh, Delivered our general Death Star professionalism, which is about a 95% word accuracy. No massive quantities. You of actually, that may be, though, the first time I've heard you complete that one line at the end of Social Apothecary. You nailed that shit. Oh, nailed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It was just sad because I wrote that. Like, I know those words. I put them to paper. It's not like I was rapping something 3P wrote and was like you wrap this because i'm wrapping everything else like there's that so that's speaking good. of which joining us now is a meatball sub what's up i'm delicious <laughs> jazz is eating a sandwich so we're not going to fuck with him at the moment but uh well i wanted to thank you guys personally for joining us for the film festival you know i really enjoy your stuff you know this and it really means a lot that you would come out and play our humble little film festival oh it's actually been a pleasure uh we've had a really great time here today I have loved the shorts. They have been spectacular. Spider was really great. That, that really came out of left field, and, uh, and I really dug that. And I thought Deadheads was an awesome movie. And I will go in and watch what's remaining of Monster Brawl pretty soon, but right now I am having a love affair with this meatball sub. <laughs> All right, well, I'll let you guys go, but thank you again. Really appreciate it. And what is uh, coming up next for Death Star? 
Let me think. Uh, locally in Seattle, we're going to be playing uh, uh, WesterCon at the be- uh, 4th of July weekend. We will also be very soon releasing a uh, collaborative album with Sketch, who is also part of the Emerald Empire and the Northwest nerdy hip-hop movement called Greatest Sex Ever, and that'll be online and free. And then uh, we'll just get back to working on our third album, titled The Prequel, which has no specific release date, as we have a bad history of meeting those. (laughs) So we like terms like soon and sometime in the future versus July or 2012. I like saying it's in motion. It's in motion. motion. Cool. All right, gentlemen. Well, thank you again, and uh, have a great evening. All right, once again, that was Death Star live with your mom. <laughs> it, never, it never gets old. Also, thank you to Death Star for the interview there. It was a pleasure to speak to Steve and Jess's meatball sub. So, dude, what were your impressions of the film festival? Well, you know, not to blow myself right now, but... <laughs> Don't you have people to do that? <laughs> I have people for that. We threw a good festival based on the number of people that went out of their way to come up to us to say what a great time they were having or what a great time they had. I'd say we did a good job. I think people had fun. One of the things that we did this year, uh, it was a first for us, was we actually put together a ballot for the best short of the fest. And so that was kind of cool to see how that shook out. Yeah, not best short, most favorite. Favorites. Viewer's choice is what we called it. Yeah. And uh, viewer's choice it was. You know, it was interesting because there was a very wide breadth. I think 10 of the 21 films that we showed got votes for viewer's choice best short. Yeah. And there were a few that were tied right at the top. Uh, Curtain, of course. Of course. Spider, which killed again despite the fact that we showed it last year. Not a lot of reruns either. That was the only rerun. Night Shift of the Vampire. Brilliant. That was a big hit. Backwater Gospel. Whole- is it Backwater Gospel, not Blackwater Gospel? It's Backwater, yeah. I was saying it wrong the whole time. Uh, were you? I guess so. And Vicky, of course. Those were like the, the ones that got the most votes, except for our winner, which was Spain's Cargoals. Yeah, which is great. You know, give, give a shout out to the Spaniards, because they did submit a lot of films. Yeah, we, we got like 12 films from a house that does shorts in Spain who just collects them from all different sources and uh, a few of them have shown at MIF. there are other festivals around where you can catch some of these other ones and very good films very high quality but what i really love about cargoals is the fact that it, it fills so much big american blockbusterness <laughs> in a, a small 15 minute film and the soundtrack to it is amazing they've got music that you know Probably wouldn't clear very easily. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) Along with, you know, a a love story and explosions and giant monsters. And it's just a blast. I was so glad to see that play so well live and to get such a claim. That was really cool. Yeah. You push for Cargill's from Go. You you liked that movie and your instincts were right on because the audience liked it too. Well, one of the interesting things was I I think it was... uh, Eric from Myth, who I was sitting right in front of after that film played, and he turned to me and he said, Steve, that was the quintessential Bone Bat short. It had beer, babes, giant monsters, and music. It was just the best film for this fest. 
and I couldn't agree more. It had a double barrel shotgun. It did. So good stuff. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, like I said, Vicky was an, another one, which I don't know if you've seen it yet. I've actually put links to all the shorts that are currently available online on the Bone Bat page. You can go there directly and watch these films in case you miss them. Uh, and Vicky is just a great example of this love letter to John Carpenter and Stephen King that Bill Palmer pulled off. Now, he's the director of a film that Gord hit me to in the fall, which is The Living Want Me Dead, which is just a hilarious film. And we had approached him about that one, and he was like, well, you know, that one's kind of played at a lot of festivals already. What about this new one we have? And, I mean, it, the, interesting, the cool thing about Vicky is you see it, or at least when I see it, I'm immediately transported to seeing Christine in the theater back in Wairika. Oh, man. Yeah. Because I, I can remember just sitting there and having popcorn and watching that film. And you can almost smell Wairika. <laughs> <laughs> That's not necessarily a good thing. Uh, yeah, maybe it's not. But And it was just it was a lot of fun to pull together all these shorts and to hear the, the crowd laughing and gasping at the appropriate times and having a great time. Uh, one of the interesting things was I was surprised, maybe not totally surprised, because we knew it was a great film, but the feature Deadheads, I think, was far and away the, the crowd-pleasing favorite. That was the, the best received. Everybody talked about that one afterwards. And I thought that was really cool. That you know that was the last film we brought to the table, and it almost didn't work out, and at the end it did, and everybody loved it. And it was just really cool how it all came together. Indeed. Monster Brawl also. Now, that one, actually, I've been surprised listening to the Internet Wags since then. It's got been getting kind of mixed reviews that, you know, one of the points that we had talked about, you had said that it didn't have like a traditional three-act structure. And folks like Bloody Good Horror uh, kind of had a problem with that. They couldn't enjoy the film as much because of that. Yeah, it played out as a series of vignettes. It, it was almost like uh, some webisodes, mm -hmm. you know, tied together. But one of the reasons why we chose it, though, was that it did have a different flavor. I mean, you're sandwiching it in between two buddy pictures. And yeah. it was nice to have something as sort of a palate cleanser that was totally different in between Deadheads and the Mole Man at Belmont Avenue. Palate cleanser. Listen to you. <laughs> Mole Man, a film that I totally love. I really Yeah, that was that. a great. That was the first one we picked. Yeah. That was awesome. So we had a great time. And, you know, next year, I hope you can join us. We had folks come from as far away as Indianapolis, Indiana. Scott and Tracy from the Disney Indiana podcast were able to attend, which was really cool. James Ashby from Saturday Morning Breakfast Cereal flew up from Los Angeles, one of our filmmakers, and attended. And it was really cool. We have an interview that we'll share with you in just a few minutes. Yeah, and that was great. I was so glad he was there. That was, yeah, it was just really cool to have you know one of the people there. And the Saturday Morning Breakfast Serial films, both of them were just smash hits. The crowds were laughing their ass off to B.J. Bond and Mad Scientist, both of which are available online and you can link to through the Bone Bat page. Yeah. Very funny movies. And I mean, these are flicks that you'll be quoting a month from now. You'll be saying things like, just touch my penis. Boner. Exactly. So, brilliant Big jokes galore, folks. You know how we roll. Any other thoughts? You know what totally worked at this? I realize it was a film festival, but one of the things we did so very, very right 
was the pizza from Flying Saucer Pizza. <laughs> that I can't believe how well that worked. That did People, work when really they, well. When they checked in, when they, they came in the door, they had the opportunity to order pizza to be delivered to them later during the show. And sure enough, right about the time everyone was getting hungry, what shows up but a great big crate of Flying Saucer Pizza hot off the... Well, not hot off the grill, but hot out of the pizza oven. Yeah, people just came right out of Monster Brawl, walked up to the table. Everybody had a ticket. We just handed them up. What do you got? Cheese, pepperoni, just slapped them out. People were inside of like three minutes, people were eating pizza. And that was just really smooth, really great way to do it. The other thing is, you know, a lot of the people got their pizza tickets out of their enormous packages. Indeed. Now, that was a hit. Because there were quite a few people who were like, wow, where did you get all that stuff? That's really cool. Sorry. I wanted that. Have to wait until next year. Where, where can I buy that? You can't. Too late for you. So, you do have some chocolate in your goodie bag. Devour that. <laughs> those were delicious, man. You oh, could God. Do, those were ridiculously good. And it, like that, that gourmet chocolate has such an aroma to it. You can smell it an aisle away. So somebody cracks one open and your mouth starts watering and you find your hand like walking mysteriously towards your goodie bag. The other thing, you know, the whoop-ass energy drink, man. We gave almost all of that away. People dug that. I actually wrote the Jones Soda people with my suggestion for a marketing campaign for whoop-ass energy drinks. Whoop-ass, the energy drink that doesn't taste like balls. (laughs) It was delicious. And, uh, yeah, people seemed to dig that as well. And, you know, Big Picture did a great job. They had a full bar there. So if that wasn't of your interest, there was other stuff. And, of course, Mac and Jack's, which I was drinking plenty of. God, that's a good beer. Yeah. Better than what I'm drinking right now, I'll tell you. And the, the other, I guess, last thing would be, you know, all the sponsors that gave us prizes. I think we had 72 prizes total to give away. Oh, yeah. By the time the event happened. and We did not budget enough time for giving away prizes, no. and I was running your ass all over that theater. Yeah, I was I was kind of sweating prizes. pretty hard. But like three quarters of the audience walked away with something. That was really cool. Yeah. So, yay. We overdo it, just like we're overdoing this. <laughs> anyway, uh, we've, I think, talked enough about it. We hope you can join us next year. We hope to do this again. Things worked out pretty well. I think we will be able to. So uh, we're looking forward to that. We're going to kind of take a little while off before we start really thinking about it too hard. But uh, yeah, you will certainly know when uh, we have new news on that front. In the meantime, you mail- won't be able to escape it. <laughs> mail Order Zombie was really cool. Derek and Brenda did like a play-by-play review of each short during the whole festival. So if you want a complete review and unbiased opinions from other folks, he had Scott and Tracy from Disney Indiana on there. So it was kind of a four-person roundtable. You can check that out for just added opinions. So uh, They could have done that at a square table. You know. They probably could have. The other thing is, if for some reason, I know that April 21st day was a gorgeous day in Seattle. The sun was shining, the birds were chirping. I'm sure a lot of people decided to do outdoor things that weekend instead of joining us at the film festival. And if that was the case, we are doing a film festival after party at Seattle Crypticon this year. So Saturday night at 10 p.m., I'm showing the six crowd favorite shorts in addition to a couple of shorts that we weren't able to fit into the festival because of our time constraints. So a couple of new favorites and a couple of 
the crowd-pleasing favorites from the festival. In addition, the whole evening will be headlined by Billy Pond's Doll Boy, which is just a nasty slice of Texas 70s horror. You will absolutely love it. If you love something like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you will dig this film. So come out, join me for a few late-night movies at Seattle Crypticon. It's going to be a good time. Words. I will not be there. Dick. I'll be down south hating. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we listen to another tune? Let's do it. All right. This is my favorite Terminator themed tune in existence T1000 by Burning of Eye. <sighs> Thank you. 
right. This is Steve. And this is Gord. At the second Bone Bat Film Festival. This is the first time we've actually recorded something. And joining us now is James Ashby from Saturday Morning Breakfast Serial Theater. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Hi, Internet. Well, this is the first time you guys have recorded something? For... At a film fest. Yeah, we last year we totally like space. We were so busy while we were doing the festival oh, yeah, that we never cool. stopped to podcast anything. So it seemed like, you know, this was a good kind of a, a meeting of Internet minds that yeah, we could well, do this. I'm honored. Thank you guys so much for uh, letting me be your first. Oh, well, thank you so much yeah, for flying first. all the way to Seattle for this festival. It was an excellent excuse to get back up here. I really love this kind of area especially coming from L.A., where you mostly have palm trees and concrete and smog. It's kind of nice to be out here. Although I am disappointed by the amount of sun that is just sort of overwhelming everything. I expected, you know, rain and cool hipsters who are too good for umbrellas, and instead everybody's out, you know, lounging in the sunlight. And We're going to have the happy. sun turned off in a couple hours okay. for you. That's good. Yeah, I did wear flat. <laughs> yeah, Gord comes up and he gets off the plane and he's just like, you guys are so full of shit. <laughs> Every one of these Seattle fuckers, oh, wow, this is really unusual. The sun. Every time I come up here. Really? Beautiful. Yeah. I think they're just lying. I think they're they totally telling lying. you that so that nobody else moves up here. Yeah, that's, like the, that's what the it secret. is. California guy, uh, yeah, it's, no, this is never beautiful and perfect up here like this. <laughs> Fuck you guys. So your first flick that we showed here in the second block of shorts, BJ Bond, was a big hit, man. The crowd was cracking up. It was That was awesome. Weirdly, people enjoy blowjob jokes. I don't, <laughs> it's hard to explain, but blowjob jokes are very popular with the people. No, no I, I really enjoy that one. That's uh, all J.P. Nickel and Ben. Uh, uh, who are super funny, and it's always been fun to, to watch that one. I mean, this time, you know, it, we've had that one around for know, about a year or so, and so you know, we've always we got good response on the internet. But it's it's always nice to take it out and actually show it to an audience and and see that like it's not just you know bots on the internet pretending to visit your stuff or something. But, you know, there's somebody out there that might actually enjoy it. So, yeah, some genuine human appreciation. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. No, it's really cool. Hey, it's great. This whole I, I got to say the whole lineup has been a lot of fun. So it's really nice to be included in a really high quality group of stuff. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. So we were talking a little bit about the space opera that you're currently working on. Uh, oh, yeah. Tell us what's going on. Uh, well, we completed physical production in December, and apparently writing a digital special effect into almost every shot means that it takes time uh, in post-production. I don't, I don't get it. I figure some sock puppets and some cardboard were done, but no. What else do you need? They, they've said that they'd like it to be better than that. So, uh, <laughs> 112 effect shots, what? <laughs> uh, but, you know, we're having a lot of fun, and uh, I keep getting new stuff from the special effects guys each week, and it always looks really neat. Just this week, we kind of locked the design of, I don't want to say too much about the plot, but the, the, the spaceship's uh, you know, view screen, uh, and it looks really cool. It's a little sacrilegious and kind of dirty and violent. Uh, it's and like Steve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, we're really excited to share it with people. We can't wait. It's looking like sometime around September is probably when people will actually get a chance to take a look at it for the first time, but... It's been a lot of fun. We got a modeler who did a lot of work on the Lord of the Rings toys to come oh, in. Oh, nice! Yeah, and he came in and designed a lot of the spaceships for us. So we have some nice original spaceship models and that kind of stuff. They don't just look like TIE fighters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is amazing, by the way, if you go look for pre-made CGI kind of stuff, how much stuff is like, wait a minute, oh wait, that's an A-wing. And you have to be careful, right? Because that'll get you really sued really fast. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but no, it, It's been really exciting, and we've actually had a lot of people come out and volunteer time and volunteer their, their professional skills and that kind of thing so that we can get it together and I don't know, we're incredibly grateful, so we're really looking forward to sharing that with people and having some fun 
uh, hopefully, or you, know, you never know. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, we're definitely looking forward to it. And thank you again for all the laughs, man. Big fans of SNBC Theater, and again, we appreciate all your good work. Well, thank you guys. This has been uh, tremendously fun. If people haven't made it out to the film festival before, I think it, it's definitely worth their time. This is actually, uh, we've had a, a really great time watching all the stuff. So, Thanks. I yeah. appreciate that. And uh, we will be watching your further films. Kabang! Yeah, we're going on hiatus uh, at the end of next week. And then we will be back in the fall with more filthy jokes and nerdy humor. Uh, yeah. We ask everybody this question. Tell me, what pisses you off? Oh, man. Everything. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think like, when, you, when, when you're always angry, it's hard to parse what thing is pissing you off the most at any one time. Uh, what, what pisses me off this week? My upload speed. Isn't that lame? Well, that's where I am. I'm working on, on the space opera, and I've got to get all these files to people, and I've got a like, connection with, like, like, I get 50K up. And so I just sit there with, like, 8 gig files for four days, being like, God damn it, this kid in India needs this. Isn't that lame? It'd be better if there was something political or, like, child abuse or something, but no. No, upload speeds. That's we get I'm all doing. types here, so that's just fine. <laughs> Really, the number one thing has to do with driving and traffic, though. So yeah, that comes nice up that you, a you lot. Broke free from that. I'm in LA. After a while, you're angry at traffic for the first year, and then after that, you just give up on life when it comes to traffic. <laughs> you're just like, oh, I'm getting in a car. So it's going to take 45 terrible. minutes to yeah. go three miles. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be awful, and I'm going to hate every moment of it. But I've got some radio, uh, and I'll, I'll I'll pretend that I'm, it doesn't exist. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks so much for your time. Again, thanks for coming. Well, thank you guys so much. And uh, again, yeah, I'm having a great time. People people missed it this year. They should definitely make it next year. This is a lot of fun. Oh, that was great. It was so great having James Ashby there. It was. He's like I mean, a, a real kind of Hollywoodish guy that does funny stuff. And he was at our film festival. And actually, there are still a couple of days left to donate to their Indiegogo campaign for the final season of Saturday Morning Breakfast Cereal Shorts. Do it. Go to the link on the Bone Bat page and follow that and give them a few bucks. They do hilarious stuff. They've already reached the goal they were shooting for. But if they reach their stretch goal, they're going to be able to do 28 episodes as opposed to 24 next season, which is fantastic. Especially considering you watched all their stuff for free anyway. So, hey, I'm sucker. So speaking of stuff to watch, multimedia triage. Multimedia triage. Okay, back to the hate. Let me tell you, people. Steve and I share a Google document when we're writing notes for the show. And one of Steve's favorite things to do when he should be doing something productive is to mess around with my notes. So according to what Steve has helped me write, I'm going to be discussing... Not wind through the keyhole, but wind through the a-hole. <laughs> Very mature, Steve. Thank you. As well as uh, some other things that I probably shouldn't share with you for fear of upsetting our sponsors. I don't know what you're talking about. I think you do. I think it was error 37. <laughs> you are error 37. No, Stephen King, Stephen King, Big Steve, wrote the one book that I would have to read again, even after swearing him off. Pet's, and that's he wrote another book in the Gunslinger series. Pet Cemetery. He wrote Pet. No, he wrote Wind Through the <laughs> A Wind Through the Keyhole and Wind Through the Cornhole. <laughs> Grim Through the Cornhole. Yes. What can I say? Visit revisit the Gunslinger series. It's another one of these stories where twenty pages of actual action starts. They reach someplace safe, and then 
Roland, the gunslinger, goes, let me tell you a story. And then the rest of the book is him telling a story from back in his youth when he had all his fingers. Still, I love that world. I love those characters. I could not help but go back to it. I am a junkie. No matter how much I say no, I'm just going to keep coming back and hitting that shit every time it's offered to me. Uh, What else? I watched a thoroughly depressing movie that I thought was supposed to be funny. And I have no idea why it won so many Academy Awards. I watched The Descendants. Have you seen that? I have not seen that. That's the George Clooney flick, right? Yeah, it's it's a, a happy little story about a guy whose uh, wife is in a coma and dying, and then he finds out that just before she went in the coma, she was fucking around on him. <laughs> da 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 da. <laughs> yeah. So that was sad. <laughs> I'm very sorry I watched it. And uh, I saw The Avengers, which was something I was a little leery about seeing. Oh, boy, that was a big fun thing. I loved The Avengers. That was a the blast. Avengers was great. Was it, wasn't the Hulk great? Yeah, it was It was interesting. Uh, somebody else made the comment that it was cool to see uh, the Hulk used as comic relief after the, the two Hulk movies being kind of serious in tone. Yeah, it worked well. There was a lot of humor in that movie, which is what makes those movies good. When they try to take themselves too seriously, it's stupid. Yeah, and they, they just, it, it was note perfect. And you know what? It was a long film. It was over two hours, maybe two hours and ten minutes or something, plus trailers. And, you know, you walked away from it just feeling like it was light summer entertainment. Yeah, and it even held my attention for that. Yeah, it did oh, not wear it out as well. short attention span. And just a lot of great action scenes, just crazy, huge set pieces. I mean, somebody owes New York City an apology. Jesus Christ. Who's going to clean that up? I know. What a mess. I'm assuming that that's probably Black Widow's gig. (laughs) Oh, shit. Really? You're going to do that? that woman a broom. That's what you're going to do right there? I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, folks. I, I can't do anything about him. I can't do anything about That's me either. But really, Gord somebody needs to clean up the mess. At MightyWombat.com. Sure <laughs> Any letters of complaint <laughs> can be sent. So send hate mail to Steve. <laughs> Steve doesn't want to hear it. Send it to Gord. <laughs> yeah, you can reach me at Steve. At... So yes, Avengers was kick-ass. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was. Speaking of kick-ass, you know what I've been playing? While I've been waiting for the next... Uh, big game to come out on the xbox for me serious have second encounter which is not what my notes say (laughs) (laughs) serious sam shagging dogs yeah um if you have not played this game you you really ought to get it on xbox live arcade download it for cheap it is big fast fun where you are running and gunning there is not a lot of deep thought. There's a bunch of kind of bizarre Croatian humor throughout it because it is created by Crow Team. And just great, fun monsters. A lot of times you'll, you'll jump, you'll be surprised, you'll swear out loud. And you finish these great big epic battles in big wide open spaces with hundreds and hundreds of enemies. And you'll have like... Two health and three bullets left. Yeah, it's it's kind of is great. It's kind of uncanny. There aren't too many games that can actually make you sweat while you play them, (laughs) and this game totally does that. Yeah, and the graphics are not cutting edge, bleeding edge, whatever the heck. It's it's truly an example of you can have okay graphics and have just an absolutely fantastic game. So 
get I understand there's some some DLC coming out for it too. So maybe the the my Croatian friends can send me a link to that and I'll I'll review the the DLC if it's coming out for the Xbox. <laughs> well, and, you know, on the other side though of talking about cutting edge graphics, uh, I got Diablo three today. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Minecraft. <laughs> oh man, my son's playing that. Yeah, I just don't see the appeal of that game. It looks like ass, and all <laughs> not, you not good ass. and and all you do is like stack shit. You know what? If he wants to stack shit, he should go clean his room because <laughs> he could do yeah, it. Just call it Minecraft. Exactly. Oh yeah, well, you can look. You can actually put books on a bookshelf. That's kind of like <laughs> Minecraft. God. But yeah, so Diablo, I had a few bucks left on a gift card that I had from Amazon, so I thought, you know what, I haven't got a, a new game in a while, and you know, I just played a bunch of Skyrim and a lot of Mass Effect 3, so I want something that's a little different, I haven't done a dungeon crawler in a while, so why not try Diablo 3? So I, I order it, the timing was impeccable, UPS dropped it off at like 10 a.m. this morning, no problem, so I plug it in at lunch. And, of course, it's a Blizzard game, right? So you remember your issues with StarCraft 2. Oh, yeah. Can't you know, play it unless so, you're talking to the mothership. Yeah, so I, I plug it in. I install it. I got plenty of room in my hard drive. Not a problem. There's no issues with if my system can handle it. Nothing like that. And I go to log in. Oh, servers are down. Can't play single player because their servers are down. So let me get this straight. You cannot play... The single-player game yes. that you own by yourself that yes. really has nothing to do with the server. Exactly. Because their server's down. Yes, because their server's down. And I just think that to have a game producer gatekeeping you to where you can't play the game that you spent money for... Cock-blocking you. Essentially, is just the height of bullshit. And I, I just couldn't believe that that happened. And I mean, I went and made a sandwich and ate lunch, and by the time I came back, the servers were back up. But it's just the point of it that I spent 60 bucks on the game. Why can't I play the game that I own? Does that mean I don't own the game? You probably don't. it you doesn't. I own the cardboard, yes, but it was a physical copy. It's not like I downloaded it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have the physical copy. I've got the code. I've got the disc. There's no reason for you to gatekeep my shit. So anyway, then this afternoon, one of my uh, son's friends who played StarCraft with him starts popping into my mission while I'm trying to crawl this dungeon. He's like, follow me. And I'm like, fuck no. It, <laughs> <laughs> really? You said that to No, I didn't say that. Friend? But World of Warcraft has fucked up online gaming for everybody. Here's my thing with online gaming. Online Speaker gaming is fun, else. and I thoroughly enjoy you know playing like... Black Ops with you or Call of Duty, playing Left 4 Dead 2, playing with friends. That's a fun social kind of thing. But that is a very different type of gaming than, say, doing a solitary dungeon crawl. There are other ways to game, like playing draw something. Sometimes I want to sit on the toilet and draw a picture <laughs> for you. Yes, that's what I do. If you're playing draw something with me, you've probably gotten a picture while I'm on the toilet. But the point is, there are different types. You should call it poop something. They probably should. But, you know, there, there are different types of gaming, and everything doesn't have to be World of Warcraft. When I'm going through a dungeon, sometimes I don't want somebody to yelling at me, telling me to come fucking heal them. I don't give a shit. I, maybe I want to walk over into this fucking basket of scorpions. I want to do it my way. I want to explore this world my way. Don't and you have the ability to turn off 
like other people and make sure that you well stay that's yourself. the thing if people are your friends they can pop into your game anytime I don't need you showing up in my game exactly. and I like you yeah yeah you'll invite me you'll tell me on Tuesday night at 9 p.m pop in but world of Warcraft I think has created this universe of where people go online and they see what friends are online and they jump right into their games. That's a bit forward. It is a little bit. It's like inviting yourself over to somebody's house. You are. You're inviting yourself over to somebody's game. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm constantly trying to teach my kids that. You know what? If somebody invites you to their house, then you're certainly welcome to go. But you don't call somebody up and say, hey, can I come over to your house? That's not how we do things. I don't know. Maybe I'm just an old fucking man. You are, but you're right in this case. Yeah, so Diablo 3, so far, you know, my, my main thought is, fuck, I should have bought Max Payne 3. You know, there's something. I loved Max Payne, the first one, and for whatever reason, I didn't play the second one. I cannot tell you why. And so, I don't know, it's been a long time since I played Max Payne, the first one, and 3 really slipped under my radar. And now I'm thinking, wow, maybe maybe I should play that once I finish with uh, Serious Sam. Well, I've read a couple of good reviews. You I read know, a bunch of good reviews. The reason I didn't was because I don't have history with that game. I didn't play the first two, and I did play the first two Diablo games. And I kind of came, you know, we were we were playing StarCraft way back. We played a shit ton of StarCraft. We talked about that before. Yeah. And WarCraft as well. And so, uh, like, I really enjoyed Blizzard's early stuff. And for some reason, the World of Warcraft thing, I just didn't want to do it. I didn't like the idea of paying a monthly fee for a video game that I've already paid for. And then there's this whole thing of having to constantly play with other people when maybe I don't want to. So I'm a fan of Blizzard stuff, and I think that that was kind of why I did, because I did enjoy Diablo 1 and 2, and I generally enjoy their stuff, why I wanted to give this a test. And, you know, the little bit I've played, I've played maybe an hour of it. The graphics are fantastic. I'm getting used to the menus a little bit. I'm playing the monk character. And even early on, you have a couple of just unreal powers where you, like, do this spinning kick and 15 zombies go flying at once. It's pretty cool. Like flying out of your ass because you're spinning? No, no. He's a monk. He's like a... Oh, I thought you were pooping zombies. No, I'm not pooping zombies. <laughs> I just got you to say I'm not pooping zombies. Uh, I bet was someone got a stinger. Show, I could have get you to say that. You know, well, I'm probably just gonna wait for Torchlight too. Yeah, well, I haven't noticed yet, but sending the dog back with your loot to get your money, I mm-hmm. don't think they have that in Diablo Three that I've seen so far, and that is like the single best feature that Torchlight came up with. Yeah, because I don't know how it is in Diablo Three, but. It really wrecked the fun of the game for me to accumulate a bunch of treasure and then have to go back to town to whatever the crap. Well, and I got to the point where I just didn't give a shit anymore. Unless it was really good, I'd just chuck it. I was littering armor and weapons from here to fucking Luke Gulane or whatever it's called. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I do have one final review. I've got a DVD to review this week. Blue Underground was kind enough to send over... Uh, 1981 classic from Lucio Fulci, The House by the Cemetery. They uh, sent this on Blu-ray, and dude, does this film look fantastic. Uh, Now, Fulci, of course, he's kind of the grandfather of gore, so he has these amazing scenes that are just absolutely gruesome stuff of just the red, red, red paint-looking blood pouring everywhere. And this film's no exception. Now, of the three, 
City of the Living Dead, House by the Cemetery, and The Beyond. This one, I think, is probably the weak link story-wise. What it is is this couple move into this house by a cemetery, hence the title. They have a little boy, Bob, who he's a young actor, and they dubbed his voice, and it's kind of an annoying performance. But you're just there to see shit get fucked up. You're not really, at any point, yeah, attached to the characters. I mean, Katrina McCall from The Beyond, very nice to see her once again uh, from The Beyond. And her son, she's just constantly trying to keep him out of trouble. Now, the most amazing kill it happens to uh, an actress named Dagmar Lassender, who gets, like, impaled in the throat with a uh, an andiron. And, like, blood gouts out of her throat for, like, it seems like a full minute. It's just insane. It goes everywhere. It's just the most gruesome, over-the-top scene. And in Blu-ray, it looks freaking great. Ew. And so, you know, it's stuff like that that make this film, like, really stand out. And I've seen just the regular DVD version. And this version looks just head and shoulders better. Even though, fuck Sony. But, you know, (laughs) as I am fond of saying, but the film has never looked better. And there's some really cool short, brief interviews with the different actors. I went through all of the extra features and really enjoyed listening to the actors kind of talk about the roles. There were two child actors and kind of... Lucio Fulci was was known as being kind of this gruff guy and maybe even a little bit of a bully to his actors in some cases. And everybody on this film had very nice stuff to say about him, and especially the child actors, you know, who were working with this gruff Italian master. And they all had fond memories that, you know, they were a little scared of him at first, but they came away having a really good experience from it. So it was just kind of neat to see the background of the film in addition after watching the film. And, I mean, what Fulci does is... His films are gory, but they really sort of make you uncomfortable. And that's interesting because, you know, when you get to be 44 years old and you've seen a lot of horror movies, yeah, a lot of horror films, frankly, you don't get much of a visceral response out of. And to, to still have films that can make you cringe while be entertaining, I think there's a value to that. And that's one of the reasons why I like his stuff. So, House by the Cemetery from Blue Underground on Blu-ray, I would say check it out. Okay. Is there anything else you've been watching lately? Game of Thrones still. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta say, it's it's still fun. I'm still liking it, but it seems, you know, there is an awful lot of those books to try to pack into a short season of video. Mm-hmm. Maybe some things are best left as a book. It's fun to see it, but the more I watch it, the more I feel kind of like, ooh, maybe they should have done this. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I kind of look at this season with, uh, I'm giving it a little bit of room because Clash of Kings is not the best book in the series. No. It was definitely... Storm of Swords. Yeah, Storm of Swords. Shit's going to get real next season. And so a lot of this right now is transition, frankly. It's getting to a point where things are really going to happen. So absolutely worthwhile, but a stepping stone, essentially. Yeah. So a question for you. Yeah. Bran, when he has these wolf dreams and, like, he's seeing what the wolf is doing while he's asleep, he's actually, you know, in the wolf's head. Mm-hmm. Does he ever hump Hodor's leg? <laughs> he might. He might at that. Huh. Uh, yeah, that never occurred to me. The only way I could, you know, I don't live know. that kind of life. I, With all I these characters and, you know, all the, the various machinations and political leanings and everything going on, that you would come up with that is your question. <laughs> <laughs> 
Really? You're surprised by that? <laughs> I, I, maybe not surprised, but that because wasn't the first thing I something. thought of. The wolf is a wild animal, and it's going to do what it's going to do. And I would much rather hump Hodor's leg than go out and have to deal with physically experiencing another wolf. Maybe when you're a wolf, it's a hot-looking wolf. I suppose so, but at the same time, you're also a person. And so you wake up and you go, ah, I just fucked a wolf. <laughs> maybe she was in dire need. Oh, dire wolf. You're not funny at all. I'm sort of funny. Nah, kind of clever. You know what else fun. is in it? It's multiple seasons. Fourth season now, Metalocalypse. I'm still watching that, too. <laughs> that is funny. Dude. Ah, I'm glad they're back down to the 15-minute episode. Yeah, I am, too. And I'm kind of glad that they took the swearing out and they're back to the bam. Yeah, that's funnier. Yeah, they got back to their formula, and I, I think it's working. And the episode where Toki has his secret club is the funniest episode of Metalocalypse, I think, in years. Oh, I thought that was funny, but I thought the funnier one was... The one where they, they where he has the girlfriend. <laughs> that was a good one too. Oh yeah. God! Yeah, what? they they started out with two really strong episodes. Yeah, watch that. That's funny stuff. It is. All right. Well, why don't we listen to another tune? Let's. This is our good friends in Death Star playing a classic. I love the delivery on this one. So why don't we check out once again? Looking for group. So we rapped about villains and toys and fucking your moms. But in reality, we don't have nearly as much success with the fucking part as we might like. And this is a song about our lack of success in that arena. It's called Looking for Group. I'm a beat poet. And you know just how I flow it. I got heart, I show it. But the ladies, they forego it. Just so much time alone. My right arm looks like I died. Got a werewolf on my palm. And blood going in my eyes. I'm looking for a girl who likes novels in the internet. Who's not afraid to admit that indie rappers in her way. Sure, I got heart, but my heart hates uggos. Dealing on the heart daily with my single life struggles. Got a wide grave. Can't get girls to look my direction. And so damn long, golden girls pop my erection. Rank those in my pants. That's all my love use protection. I'm not looking for an orgy despair. Recognize me, and then 
old fiddles, tabletop skills, high on a list of nerd cold thrills. But when it comes to girlies, I get squirrely, then I'll surely leave us early, cause they never seem to recognize me. For real, you think it's Christian and Roxanne, but I'm Cyrano, and you leave with another man. So Roxanne, take off that red dress, you can be his call girl, or you can be my princess. Really, ladies? It's on stage, scraping by on angle waffles and I'll pin up on way. See you there all alone, wallflower at the bar. Little do you know, I just made you my prom star. Truly advanced with our chat feelings, romantic evenings out, caviar. Glass of reef from someone speaking, wanna leave me in the streets, freaking the bedroom. I'm a freak all day, public sex, dirty afternoon. Rush hour, but a sour taste in my mouth. You can't see best D20, figure it out. He's been the best lovers, best boyfriends by far. Don't deny me a ride, just cause I don't have a car. MMO bills, tabletop skills. Me getting rigged with high and frills. Don't get a brush me on 360 PS3 and on the Wii, I'm on the Wii. Do you recognize me? MMO bills, tabletop skills. High on the list of nerd cult thrills. But when it comes to girlies, I get squirrely. And I'll surely become surly, cause they never seem to recognize me. Cosplay. Bill Beats, you got mail. Things have been so barren, got a memo from my tape set. Take me on vacation, BS, no fat chicks. But I didn't listen. Nope. Once again, thank you to Death Star and Burning of Eye for the music and the amazing support throughout the whole film festival process. You guys have been awesome. Death Stars actually. They're working on their third album right now, and Burning of Eye is also working on a new album. So there's going to be a lot of great stuff coming from both bands. Keep your ear here on the Bone Hat Show. Filthy jokes. Filthy jokes. And speaking of filthy jokes, you know, we had a conversation last episode about your joke. And yes. Matt from Seattle Geekly fired in with the following on Twitter last week. The case of gonorrhea joke made me snort audibly. So see, sometimes, if you haven't heard the joke, it's new to you, you might think it's funny. What was funny was our deconstruction of the joke afterwards. <laughs> that was funny, but I'm just saying, you know, that not everybody has the same sense of humor, so if, maybe it's up to us to be the conduit of the joke, not the gatekeeper. If you say so. <laughs> I do say so. I so, wasn't really aware of that in our job description. <laughs> I know that how you like shaggy dog jokes, so I whipped this one up. Whip it out. So these three dogs find themselves in a veterinarian clinic. You've got a poodle, a chihuahua, and a great dane. The poodle is kind of looking around. That leans over and asks the chihuahua, so what are you in for? Chihuahua says, well, usually I'm a good dog, but... I just have this problem with the mailman. I mean, I, I don't know why, but I just got to bite that guy. And today, I, I bit him bad. I, I got to admit, it, it was a serious injury. So today they're going to put me to sleep. What are you here for? He asks the poodle. Poodle says, well, usually I, I'm in the same boat. I'm a good dog. I, you know, don't get into trouble too much. But my owner's son always sticks his finger in my food while I'm eating. And when he does that, it just infuriates me. I had to bite him. I, I don't know why. And I really hurt him. And today, it's the same thing. They're going to put me to sleep as well. The two dogs look over at the Great Dane. And the Great Dane's like 20 times bigger than them. And they ask, well, damn, what are you in for? You never see Great Danes in the pound. The Great Dane says, uh, you guys wouldn't believe me if I told you. Come on, just tell us. You can't, you can't leave us like that. Great Dane says, well, usually I'm a pretty good dog too. But you see, I have the hottest owner in the world. 
She is gorgeous. She's got a great rack, a beautiful ass. One day she got out of the shower and she bent over to get a towel and I just couldn't control myself. When she did, I lost all control. I mounted her and just went at it. The two dogs Lord. say, <laughs> the two dogs say, damn, so they're going to put you to sleep too, huh? The Great Dane replies, fuck no, I'm just here to get my nails trimmed. <laughs> they don't just trim the nails in the pound. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, take your dog to the pound to get his nails trimmed. Sure you do. Some people do. Because their little skin goes into the nail there, and if you clip them, it bleeds if you don't you do it. You take them to a veterinarian for that. Yeah, that's where she was. They were at the veterinarian. Wait, you sent her the pound. I you changed vet- your joke halfway through. Where were these dogs really? At the veterinarian's office was what I said at the start. You didn't pay attention. And then you like started most the veterinarian, the then you moved it to the pound, and then now it's back to the veterinarian. When did I say the pound? Play it back. You played it in the middle. Uh, I mean, you said it in the middle. I don't know. Oh, yeah, you never see Great Danes in the pound. Yeah, well, see? Maybe it's a veterinarian that has pound. I don't give a fuck. It was a funny joke. Move on. <laughs> God damn, dude. Ah, uh, so. You can never just take like, humor at face value anymore. You can never just You're deliver You're a jaded it. motherfucker. God, I can't work under these conditions. <laughs> I demand a, a 30% pay raise. Done. Oh, done, yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? Zero. Fuck it. 50%. <laughs> wow. You're thanks. good at what you do. I feel appreciated. So these two guys are sitting in a bar talking in the... First guy turns to the other goes, yeah, you know, today I had the routine checkup. Other guy goes, oh, really? How'd it go? Yeah, well, got the old finger up the pooper. The other guy goes, well, you know, you get to a certain age and these things, uh, they got to be done. First guy kind of shakes his head. He goes, ah, I don't know, man. You think I should get a new dentist? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Hey, that was you. a funny joke. Uh, thanks. I'm, I'm here all week. Heck, I live here. And I'm not even going to question you a whole bunch about why a guy would be getting a finger up his You know what? That's dentist. because my joke was funny and it was consistent. <laughs> they weren't in a bar and then halfway through the joke, they were in the pound. Well, they went from the bar to the doctor's office. I, I don't know. It was confusing. <laughs> <laughs> so thank yous. Once again, I would like to thank all the filmmakers who took part in this year's Boneback Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. Thank you. And at this moment, I would like to thank all of the sponsors. GT Printing Equipment, the City of Redmond, Flying Saucer Pizza, Games and Gizmos, Paizo Publishing, Play and Trade in Kirkland, The Big Picture Theater, Whoop-Ass Energy Drink, The Novel Jones from- Soda who has whoop-ass energy drink, has one of their sodas, right? Yes. Stay Dead from Steve Wands. Stalker Farms Field of Screams. Go see them in October. Scarecrow Video, the best video store in the universe. Black Library. Seattle Film Institute. Mac and Jack's Brewery. Oni Press. Theo Chocolate. And Dark Horse Comics. And, of course, The Bone Bat Show. Yes. We're sponsors, too, you know. Yes, we are. And following that, we've got our usual bullshit. You can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or via email to steve at bonehand.com if you have questions about Gordon's joke or anything else. <laughs> Call in. Leave a message about how you peed on yourself. You got new content on bonehand.com every Sunday, except for, like, Mother's Day. I did not do a heavy half hour last week. 
I think I can, I can be forgiven. Yeah. Uh, new cartoon every week, every Thursday on MightyWombat.com. That's where I do my thing. You can follow me occasionally on Twitter, Mighty underscore Wombat. I am Bonehand on Twitter as well, and we also have a Bonebat feed if you want to keep up to date on the latest news. You can also find out a lot of cool stuff at the Bonebat Facebook group, which we've always got new jokes, free video games, anything that crosses our desk we throw up there. It's definitely worth your time to follow. Really, it is the best thing on Facebook. Finally, finally, as I mentioned, uh, the weekend of May 25th, 26th, and 27th is Seattle Crypticon. I will be attending and uh, doing a couple of panels there. The two uh, kind of cool things that I'm most pleased to be part of, of course, uh, are the aforementioned uh, Bone Bat Film Festival After Party and Saturday Morning Cartoons with Bone Bat. I'm pulling together 50 minutes of classic cartoons to start your Saturday morning off right. So join us for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. And by us, we mean you. Because yeah, I know. aside I, from I, doing the artwork to promote it, I haven't done shit. Yeah, but you and I, won't, some I won't be there. Pretty cool artwork. It is. You'll be there in spirit. I will. Just not physically there. I don't want, you know, anyone saying we're doing false advertising. That's probably a good point. All right, our closing tune tonight, uh, one last live cut. Let's go back to Burning of Eye for this one. This is Ivory Tower. Once again, I am Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one.
Hunger Games for a day. <laughs> for nine hours of dick jokes. <laughs> I'm a firm supporter. Of dick jokes. <laughs> it just needed to be done. I'm sorry, Katniss. <laughs> Here's a little story I've got to tell about three bad brothers you know so well. Started way back in history with that rapper MCA and, and me, me, Mike D. Had a little horsey named Paul Revere. Me, my horsey, and a quart of beer. Riding across the sand. Land. Kicking up sand. Sand. on my tail because I'm in demand. One lonely beastie I be. I, all by, by myself, myself without, without nobody. nobody. Sun is beating down on my baseball hat. The air is getting, getting hot. The beer is getting flat. flat. Looking for a girl. I ran into a guy. My name is MCA. I said howdy. He said hi. Thanks again, MCA. Damn, we miss you. <laughs>